Our scripture reading today comes from John 12, verses 23 through 26. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. You got your Bibles open up to John chapter 12, please. Get my glasses on here so I can see. Gospel of John chapter 12. And I want to start off today with the same question we began with last week. And I don't need an outside response. An inside will do just fine. Here's the question. You remember it. Are you living? Remember, an outside response is not required, just an inside one. Let me ask it one more time. Are you living? Now, you may think from last week's message that what I'm really asking is, is if you had a few of those Chicago Cubs World Series moments this week. I mean, shake the champagne. Are you kidding me? Really? No one deserves this. Wow! Kinds of moments. If you did, good on you. Good on you, brother. Good on you, sister. Good on you if... Some way, somehow, someone was in front of you when you pulled through the McDonald's drive-thru and they bought your coffee for you. Good on you. Good on you if you got the job this week. Good on you if you got the scholarship this week. Good on you if she said yes to the proposal. Good on you for all of that. Because God loves it when, when we receive those blessings of his in this life. He says so in Psalm chapter 34, in 1 Peter chapter 3. And even in the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 10, he came to give us not just muddling through existing days. He says he came to give us good life and great days. Life to the full, Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 27. He loves it when your alma mater, alma mater crushes Lubbock. Can I, the Texas Tech Raiders from Lubbock, hook them horns, baby. He loves that. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, your preacher loves that. He loves it whenever the gods, when, when, and he, they're kind of like a god. When the doctor says, no, it's not cancer. There's a lot of things that I know you've experienced this week that could fit in this list of, yes, really? Are you kidding me? Nobody deserves to get this. Wow. And God says, I want you to receive those blessings. I want you to enjoy those blessings. But he also smiles when we share those blessings. We also looked at that last week. He smiles to see his kids enjoying paying for someone's coffee when they're in line at McDonald's. He smiles when you experience the joy of picking up your, your kids and taking someone else's kid home for a parent who can't. He smiles when you make a scholarship possible for someone else. He loves it when you, who haven't heard, 
that you have cancer and you don't have cancer, drive someone who does to chemotherapy. Yes, God smiles. He enjoys us enjoying our blessings, but he also wants us to share them. That's living life to the full. We read that. We saw that. We, we discovered that last week because giving is living. Him giving the blessings and us receiving them and also us sharing those. Giving is living. And maybe a few of you are here today saying, well, if that's how you define living life to the full, then I don't qualify. I said the words really, but it was more like, really? Are you kidding me? Nobody deserves this. And you had a smile on your face, but it was the, of the upside-down variety. Now, if that's true of you, then I want to encourage you with this Mission Impossible holdover, with this encore message in this series, that you're in the right place. Please let me, from God's Word, show you this morning that you may be living life to the full, or at least life to the full in process, and you don't just know it yet. I hope with all of my heart that God speaks through me what, what I have been struggling to put on paper and put into words this week, at least what he's showing me about life to the full. Because it, it gives light to some of the most absurd verses in the Scripture. Here's one of them. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials. The brother of Jesus wrote those words. A little absurd, count it all joy when you meet various trials. Well, Peter says something similar. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer various trials. Really? Now, Paul doesn't help much. Let me boast then, if I boast in anything, let me boast in my weaknesses so that God's power can be seen in me. Curious. Again, no outside response needed, just an inside one. Anybody do that this week? Yay, God, for my weaknesses. Hey, did you, did you know what my weaknesses were? Let me, let me tell you about them, all right? It almost seems a little absurd, doesn't it? Well, Paul actually says something, all, something else here in chapter 3 and verse 10. We put it to music. I want to know Christ and the power of his rising, share in his suffering, conform to his death. That's a tough one to sing. Now, the I want to know Christ and the power of his rising part, yeah, I can do that. I want to know Christ and the power of his rising, but it kind of it starts wanting to take a different different feel to it when you get to that share in his sufferings conform to his death really boast about weaknesses rejoice over suffering thank God for trials I think Peter and Paul and James may have been nipping at the communion juice a little bit too much if you know what I mean well, I want to show you this morning, communion, yes, communion juice, not so much. 
Because I really do want you to know that if you came in here this morning and you're thinking, experience life to the full, how in the world can you experience life to the full from where I'm living, Jim? How about life to the empty? That's what I know. Because if a crib lies empty, how can life be good? How can God be good when babies die? How can God be good when marriages die and when dreams die? When life to the full means life full of cancer that nauseates and steals life and a drunk driver steals your family and corrupt politicians steal your hard-earned money. Where's the life in that? Where's God in that who claims to give life to the full when the only full I know is a life full of hurt and pain? Now, if those words give give words to your thoughts and your feelings about what you walked into this morning, please hear me. You came to the right place. Because God fully intends to bring life out of your brokenness if you'll let it. As a matter of fact, your brokenness may be one of the the key needs that we have in this church. And you may be one of the leaders of leading ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. See, from what I've I've observed as far as life is concerned, people respond to brokenness a whole lot more than they respond to me sharing my blessing. Have you experienced this? Man, every now and then uh, I'm blessed with something like killing a trophy buck. And I go to show some people that, that buck or people actually see it. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting the response that you get. People that you'd want or you thought would just be high-fiving with you or saying stuff like, yeah, I wish I had time to hunt. Well, I wish I had permission to hunt on ranches like that. And you just want to take your deer and leave, but smack them first and then leave. <laughs> really? Have you experienced when you're sharing some joy with someone, it's almost like you, you, you run into a wall. It's a barrier, a barrier of envy rather than excitement. But not so with brokenness. Most of my life when I've shared my brokenness with people, it's amazing the bridge that can be instead of a barrier. It's amazing how the empathy comes and the connection comes in a way that I... I most of the time I'm not I'm not really ready for, not really thinking it's possible. Jesus himself shows us that the experience of brokenness, that bridge of brokenness, is more of a receptive platform to those lost ordinary folks we're trying to reach than anything. Which is why the words that Bob Green read a few moments ago are more than just a way to introduce the sermon. Please hear them again. It's a way to life. Jesus says, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Pray with me, all right? Father, it is hard for us to hear that you call us, you challenge us to rejoice in trials, to rejoice in suffering, to rejoice in weakness, to rejoice in brokenness. Can we just be honest about that? That's hard for our ears to hear. It's hard for us to accept that anything good comes from that. And so we need your help. We need the, the Spirit's power.
to help us rethink again how you use brokenness to lead us to life. Not just our own life, but the life of of those that we would love to get to know you, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Please, Father, be with the Notre Dame Church. Help those disciples that you have there to, to hear this morning words of life, maybe even words of brokenness and how that leads to life. Father, we're asking for the same thing here. Would you please come and be with me, especially pour through me the gift of preaching today. I so need it. Do what I can't do in the flesh, only through the Spirit. And we ask this humbly in Jesus' name, and everyone said. Can I tell you about a conversation that I overheard? It came from a master grower as he was talking to one of his potential growth prospects. Here's what the master was saying. I'd like your permission to plant you. I'd like your permission to separate you from the other seed. Not far, but far enough that you'll lose touch with any other seed. But I need to put you in a place where you're going to be surrounded by darkness. So much so that you might not know which way is up. Now this planting is also going to involve the flooding of your life with enough elements of this world that you're going to feel like you're drowning. So be warned. The combination of the darkness and the thinking that you're drowning is going to be a little overwhelming, so much so that you may experience the feeling of being abandoned and forsaken. Now, the duration of this demanding situation will be enough that you're going to be tempted to believe the state's permanent that you're in. Ah, but rest assured it won't be. The darkness and the drowning in time is going to work together with the seed in your life, and then something beyond your imagination is going to take place. You will be broken. Wide open. And in the moment, your life is going to feel exposed and vulnerable, maybe even helpless. And you may even think your life is over in that moment. But I'm telling you, it's just beginning. Because that brokenness is going to lead to life you've never imagined. The truth is, you're about to be brought into life and living like you've never thought before. A life being birthed inside you, a life that I have placed within you, will break out, not just for you to experience, but the world around you to be blessed by And what an amazing coming out it's going to be. Because you will be transformed. You will grow. You will change like you've never experienced any growth before. You will not remain the same. New heights are going to be reached that can be described as no less than stunning and amazing, maybe even miraculous. And oh, the closeness that you're going to feel, the closeness you'll experience to the one who made you, who planted you, will be like none that you've ever had before. And all of the earth's creation will see you for what you were intended to be, not just for what you were birthed to be, but what you through only brokenness could be. They will not believe you're the same individual before the darkness, before the brokenness. And they will be right. Interesting conversation I overheard. In John chapter 12, where the greatest of growers is talking about a grain of wheat falling in a dark place and dying, but but saying to those who had come to see Jesus, if you want to see Jesus, this is what you're going to see, a grain of wheat falling into a dark place and dying, but, but to not despair because out of that darkness and out of that brokenness is going to come life. It's the only way. 
Now, he's talking about a grain of wheat here, but I think he could have just as easily been talking about a tomato plant, apple tree, seed of an oak. Because without being planted in darkness and overcome with the elements of the world and time in aloneness, seeds of any kind would never experience the change that our great grower wants them to experience. A life that comes from only being broken is a life that multiplies for other people's lives. And all of it comes from something absolutely planned, absolutely purposed by God himself. I know it's hard for us to hear, but hear me again. Thus says the Lord, life comes from brokenness. But you knew that by design. You know that. God's always created some things to be intentionally broken, and life will come from them. You know this one. Where does it come from? If you say H-E-B, you're wrong. Where does it come from, kids? A chicken, absolutely. And by design, that little egg was meant to be broken, wasn't it? And if it's broken like this, something from the inside comes out, and it can be one of two things. It can be eggs that you can scramble and you can turn into huevos rancheros, that you can put in a cake, pineapple upside down cake for Greg, strawberry cake for sportsmen. There's a lot of things you could do when that, that egg's broken that brings food and life and sustenance to people. But also that, that egg can be sat on and later broken and out of it will come another Chicken. And, and multiple lives can come from that one. Not just the sustaining of life, but multiple lives can come. But isn't it interesting that that egg was designed by God from the very beginning of time to be broken? And that life would come from it. Something else very similar is the acorn. Purposefully designed by God to be broken. And unless it's broken, the life can't come out. Now, if it's for food kind of similar to the egg, the hogs and the squirrels and whoever, whatever, eats acorns, loves it. It sustains their life. But if it gets pressed down, sometimes into a dark place and covered over with stuff it really probably would rather not be covered over with, at least in the beginning, and enough of the elements of the world are, are poured out over it, in time, it begins to change. It begins to morph. It begins to be transformed into something that nobody would have ever suspected it could have become. That little acorn becomes a great oak and begins to be the potential for even more life and more life and more life. God designed from the very beginning several things in this world, and we could talk about many more, that were designed to be broken so that life might come. Did you know you were created to be broken? I got to tell you, I really haven't thought about that my whole life as a Christian. I realize that, that we experience brokenness, and sometimes we look to where we can blame for the brokenness that we've experienced, either us or, or, or this demon, or, or this, the, uh, the politicians, or, or what. But, you know, when brokenness comes into my life, my first reaction is to think, who do I need to blame here? Instead of who I get to thank 
We're going to talk about that a lot more next week. But I just want to start this week, leading into next week, by saying, please meditate on this. Please think on this. Go to John chapter 12 yourself and see if you weren't made to be broken. I was getting ready for the final lesson in this series, Mission Impossible. This lesson was actually supposed to be preached last week, but I, it just wasn't happening. About 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, it just wasn't coming together, and I said, God, either help me finish this or let's get another one. And so we got another one. And so last week's message is a message that I thought was going to be done this week. It was done last week. And I don't know if it's going to get through. i got to tell you, all week long I've been thinking, God, this is not the easiest of concepts for me to understand. Maybe some others out there have been understanding this all in their Christian life, but I've never really thought like an egg, like an acorn. I was created to be broken. But your son says that he was created to be broken. That hidden somehow in the most profound pain and some of the most profound hurt and hidden in some of the most profound grief is a life that can occur in no other way. That unless darkness is present and loneliness is present and being overwhelmed by life's elements is present and the passing of time is present to the point that we think that we've been forsaken is present, life to the full can't come. Not the kind of life that produces other life besides just gives me life. And it was amazing as I studied this this week and I thought about it and I prayed about it that God never in Scripture apologizes for those broken moments. He created us for those moments. And He would like for us, rather than resent Him for it, to thank Him for it. Again, that's next week. And you know what? I think you can. When you realize that just like an egg and just like an acorn, every human being was created to be, finish it church, broken. Every human being was created to be broken. It's a hard one to say, isn't it? Yesterday, Gail and I celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. Some of you are looking at me cross-eyed. Well, I thought you said in August y'all had been married 34 years. Well, it was the 15th anniversary of our second wedding. Some of you guys have enough trouble remembering one. Pray for me. All right, But I actually can remember this one, November the 5th, remember, remember the 5th of November. That's a great line from a great movie, but it's also a great line to a great love story. Remember, remember the 5th of November, because we were broken. Some of you know that brand of brokenness, it's called divorce. And like me, you wish you never did. Some of you know a level of brokenness greater than any brokenness I probably have ever experienced. But for me, i got to tell you, that moment in my life, that, that time in my life, was the biggest failure of my life. It marked the biggest sorrow of my life. It marked the biggest disappointment of my life. It marked the biggest shame of my life. I remember walking into the kitchen at the Gateway Church prior to our divorce. I was preparing for a Promise Keeper Bible study. And after we had just concluded another private counseling session, <laughs> heavens, we'd, we'd been to several. We'd been to several marriage conferences in our church and outside our church. We tried trial separations. We had people pray over us to come cast out the demon of divorce, if there really is one. 
Well, he didn't go if he was there. Reconciliation wasn't happening. And I walked into the Bible study that morning. And I got to tell you, I don't know why I remember that moment, but I remember getting ready for the study, opening my Bible, and saying out loud before anybody else got there, you got to fix this. You just got to fix this. I mean, we are doing everything that we know to do. Everything. And it's not getting better, God. You got to fix this. Now, you can say that all you want, church. He doesn't have to fix it. Especially if he has two stubborn people who don't want it fixed. And it didn't get fixed. Actually, what happened was as I walked out, I got tired of waiting. I got tired of the brokenness. I didn't want to stay in the darkness and the loneliness and the separateness from, from what it seemed like of life anymore. And I walked out and I went and got the divorce papers and I filed them. And it was a brokenness like I had never experienced in my life, a loss like I had never experienced to my kids, to my church, to my family and friends. But God, you know the story. The night before I was to go marry another woman and I would have been her fifth husband. Yeah. My wife comes and knocks on the door, can I remind you? And says, um, I don't know how to explain it, but every, every feeling I've ever had for you, every desire to be your wife is back. Could we try again? And I told her that her timing stunk. But yes, we'd I'd at least pray about it, at least for a week. And I'm not going to go through all the story. I've already done that once. It's on videotape, and it's also on audio tape if you want to hear the whole story. It's an amazing story. But I can say this again, but God. And instead of marrying this woman and becoming her fifth husband, I, I became Gail's second husband, all right, on a Monday. But we will also glorify glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character hope. I wished I would have understood the depth of that verse inside the marriage, not outside it. But I see it better now from where we are now. That, that if I would have waited, if I would have been patient with the brokenness, God would have been faithful to do what he wanted to do in us. Because he was working in that brokenness, in those sufferings, because in that suffering we were having perseverance produced and character and hope. Brokenness isn't just something God has to help us muddle through life. It's, it's something that we were made for. And I, I share this with you this morning on the, on the eve of my, my 15th anniversary because there's some brokenness that you're in right now that that maybe against God's will, you're wanting to flee from and get out in some kind of way. Numb it with something that's illegal. Step out of maybe your marriage because it just feels like there would be something better for you out there. Whatever the situation is, and you're being tempted to, to flee the brokenness, to go get you some life out there, will you just stay in it for a while? Just stay in it, for not by yourself. But as we started this a couple of weeks ago, could we just be broken together, all right? 
Could we just bring our brokenness together around the table like we did a few moments ago and remembering his brokenness and the life that came through that brokenness? And it did, don't you know? It did. The life that we sang about today and celebrated that supper, it came through brokenness. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. How did that happen? Through brokenness? It's the only way that spirit came was through brokenness. And I know that's hard to hear, but you need to hear it because that's, that's the only way we're going to lead ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. It's through that brokenness of yours. Not necessarily the blessedness. They're there both. But Jesus uses brokenness probably a little bit better than he does even blessedness. In Luke chapter 2, a guy by the name of Simeon, talks about the destiny of Christ and the destiny of his brokenness and kind of sets the stage even before Mary and Joseph go very far at all with Jesus. It's, it's shortly after Jesus has been birthed and they, they go to visit the temple and they're, they're obeying a commandment of bringing the firstborn male for a rite of purification and they show up and they had no idea, I think, that Simeon was going to be waiting for them. But Simeon had been waiting for life. He'd been waiting for the promised Messiah, and God himself had promised you were not going to die before you see life. Well, he didn't just see life. He got to hold life in his hands. And here's what he said when he did. Oh, sovereign Lord, just as you've promised, may you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Luke goes on to record that as Mary and Joseph are listening to this, they're just amazed. And who wouldn't be? Our son, the salvation? Our son making a difference in all nations? Really? Yes. Simeon blesses them. Then he says to his mom, This child, however, is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against. Ooh, that's not so hard. That's not so easy to hear. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And, it gets worse, a sword's going to pierce your own soul too, Simeon said. Wow, the whole mixed bag there. Mary and Joseph, this child of yours is going to bring great blessing to the world. But this child also brings brokenness to himself and to you. So beware. Don't run, but beware, because this brokenness is going to serve a mighty purpose so that the thoughts of many hearts are going to be revealed. Now, I'm banking on the end of that verse for the rest of this message, actually for all of it, really, that God's going to continue to reveal the hearts, the thoughts of our hearts today in a way that you weren't maybe prepared for when you walked in these doors, especially those of you who are thinking, if leading ordinary people into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus is bent on me, Having life to the full, I'm afraid I, I'm, I'm not usable. My heart is full of unlife. My heart's full of bitterness and doubt and jealousy and envy. And I want to say, that's okay. That's okay. God can work with whatever brokenness is in your heart if you're just real with it, all right? Whether it's brokenness caused by your choices, whether it's brokenness caused by someone else's choices on you, 
That matters little. What matters is you bring it to the one who knows what it's like to be broken to. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, didn't have time to type this one in this morning. Paul says this, more absurd words, that the one who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin on something like this so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. That, that on something like this, good brokenness happened that covered over my bad brokenness, but not before it got on him and killed him. The bad brokenness of prejudice, the bad brokenness of lies and deceit, the bad brokenness of adultery, the bad brokenness of betrayal and rejection, the bad brokenness of so many things. Healed by his good brokenness. But it had to go through brokenness, his own. And it killed him just as one of our elders led us a few moments ago. Never forget, Donnie said, never forget what, what this made possible. And we don't want to forget because sometimes I need to be reminded that when I've had a really tough week and I've experienced a great deal of brokenness, to not despair, but to believe that God's doing something with it, just like he did with Jesus, that I was created to be broken. It wasn't an accident this week. It wasn't just a drive-by. God created me to be broken so that life could be shown in me. And all he was doing was exactly what God promised he would do with Jesus just before the great grower planted this seed in Mary's womb. Listen in on the conversation. Jesus, I'd like your permission to plant you, to separate you from the other seed. Not so far that you'd lose touch with all the seed. But I'd like to put you in a place where you're going to be surrounded by darkness, so much so that you might not know which way is up. This planting is also going to involve the flooding of your life with enough elements from the world that you're going to feel like you're drowning. And the combination of the darkness and thinking that you're drowning is going to be so overwhelming that you may experience what you think is abandonment and forsakenness by me. Now, the duration of this demanding situation will be enough that you're going to be tempted to believe that the state that you're in might be permanent, but rest assured it won't be. The darkness and the drowning and time will work together on the seed of your life and something beyond imagination, I promise you, is going to take place. You'll be broken, wide open. A moment in your life when you may feel exposed and vulnerable, maybe even helpless, and you may think that your life is over. Many will say that it is, but it won't be. The good news is you will be brought into a life and living like you may not be able to imagine. A life being birthed inside you, a life that I've placed within you is going to break out, not just for you to experience, but for all the world to see. And what an amazing coming out it's going to be. Because you will be transformed, changed like you have never experienced. Change will come that you will not imagine. New heights will be reached that can be described no less as stunning and amazing and miraculous. And oh, the closeness that you'll experience to the one who begot you. You will be like none you've ever been before. And all earth's creation will see you for what you were intended to be, not just what you were birthed as, but what you only through brokenness could become. And they will not believe that you are the same individual before the darkness, before the brokenness. And they will be right.
just like Jesus, you were made to be broken. Because this world is a broken mess, and they speak brokenness a whole lot better than I'm finding out. They speak blessedness. And I don't know what your unspoken brokenness, but I can tell you on behalf of God himself, if you'll bring that brokenness, he will plant it, and he will take it and put it in a dark place, and he will douse it with the elements of this world, and given time and permission to share your unspoken broken, he will bring life from it. Now, I, I'm no authority on it. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just a witness to it, all right? Gail and I have had the opportunity now to share with thousands of people. Unbelievable. With thousands of people. The brokenness of our life that we were responsible for. And through that pain and through that shame and through that difficulty in our, in our life that I, I, I wouldn't wish on anybody. Somehow or another, a blessed life has come from it that is helping other couples who may be on the verge of a divorce see the signs that they saw in ours and said, whoa, we better get some help. And, and what's even amazing to me is people that, that aren't even thinking about their marriage or other things hear the life that God brought to us in our brokenness and in our darkness and go, wow, if he would do that for them, he could do the same thing for me. If you ask me if I would be broken again, can I tell you the truth? I don't know. That's just where I'm at right now in my growth as a Christian. When I look back and see how much hurt and how much disaster and how much destruction that time in my life brought and remember it, it's hard for me to go. Some people say those things. Um, if I had to go through that again, I would be. But I'm getting there. Can I tell you I'm getting there? I'm really kind of starting to sing the whole verse now. I want to know Christ and the power of his rising. Share in his sufferings, conform to his death. Because when I pour out my life to be filled with his spirit, joy follows suffering and life follows death. I'm learning. Will you come learn with me? Can we just be broken together? That was a phrase that God put on my heart the Sunday we met together just after the stork tragedy broke loose into our lives. And I asked us, I don't know what the next couple of days were going to look like, but I said, could we just be broken together? Could we do that? We don't have to be great at this. Could we just kind of hang on to one another and hang on to him through all of it and trust that in all of it he was going to bring life? And oh, I could tell you some things in which he's already bringing life, but we're at the end of our time together as far as this message goes. If we can, if we can be broken together, then truly people will be led into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. I really believe this is mission possible. Father in heaven, we uh, come to the end of this message, and I ask you, please, those who you brought here, especially today, who are struggling with some unlife. They could barely even think about life to the full because of the brokenness that right now they're having to deal with. Please, Holy Spirit, speak to their hearts. Help them to believe that you have a purpose, that what even Satan meant for harm, you can work for good. Help us to hang on to the fact that if, if you could take 
the life of the world and break him, then certainly you can take those of us who sometimes are anything but life, and you can break us and use us. We need you, God. We need you to open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We're about to sing it. But, Father, as we try to give music to this, these words of our heart, would you please do that? Would you open the eyes of our heart to see our brokenness in a way that maybe we've never seen it before? And, Father, today, if you brought someone who um, is just weary with some brokenness that they brought to themselves, would you help them believe your promise that if they'll confess that brokenness, that you are quick to forgive that brokenness and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. We, we take you at your word on that. But Father, we want to live, we want to leave here ready to live. Ready to live in, in whatever awaits us outside these doors and in our next steps and where we're going for lunch. Please, Father, help us be quick to die where we need to. Die to our right to have it our way. Die to be first. Die to have to be the best. Die to have to have the most die to all the stuff where we meet a, a thousand of those decisions every single day, would you help us trust that if we die, if we will be broken, that you will bring life through that brokenness. Thank you so much for your promises. Help us with the strength of the Holy Spirit to claim them. For we ask us humbly in Jesus' name and everyone said.